Today's episode of The Dad Chronicle is brought to you by you. If you're not already a patron, head over to supportadad.com. You'll find a variety of options to support the show monetarily on a monthly basis, along with some pretty cool rewards. Donating even $1 a month goes a long way. So again, that's supportadad.com. And thank you again to all of you who have supported this project over the years. Welcome back to The Dad Chronicle, where we share stories from dads all around the world. I'm your host, Alex Alvisu. This is episode 127. On today's episode, Vincent Minucci joins me. He's a fellow podcaster and alumni from America's Next Top Podcaster. Vincent has been through so much in his life, and we dive into a lot of that. But we start out by talking about how he handled financial struggles when his daughter was born. Huge loss in, in, in money. Back living in my, with my parents in the basement, yeah. like it just, uh, it was just a calamity, absolute yeah. calamity. We talk about how his father has influenced him. My dad is a wonderfully uh, giving person. Um, he, I mean, to a fault, he has been, he's been hurt so many ways, uh, so many times from, from being too open and too giving and, um, you know, people just take advantage of him constantly. And a lot of that in me as well. And finally, we share the common perspective of having a boy after having a girl. It's definitely a different relationship. And dude, I'm so stoked for you. Here's my conversation with Vincent Minucci. Vincent Minucci, welcome to the Dad Chronicle. How are you today? Doing all right, Alex. Thank you very much. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for taking some time to talk about parenting with me. You and I got a, a chance to know each other during this recent season of America's Next Top Podcaster, where you uh, competed in season three. So people might know you from there, but in case they don't know you, why don't you take a quick moment and introduce yourself? My name is Vincent Minucci. Uh, I'm married to my high school sweetheart. We've been together for 24 years. We actually just had our 24-year anniversary, 16-year married. Congrats. Yeah. Uh, I made it very easy on myself. I proposed the day of our seven-year anniversary. We got married the day of our eight-year anniversary, so I have one day to remember. That is and, uh, great, dude. Yeah. So that's Make very, easy. <laughs> very similar. Deanna and I are high school sweethearts. We started dating mm. on September 19th, got nice. married on September 21st. Ah, uh, there you go. You okay. Know, so yep. it's a little bit of a yep. hack we for April people listening. Okay. All right. Good, 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 good. Yep. Yep. April 16th. And uh, we've got two kids. We uh, we have a 13-year-old daughter, a five-year-old son, and we uh, live in Philadelphia, just outside Philadelphia, actually, the suburbs. Um, lived here a whole lives. I would love to move my wife. Not so much. Uh, I would like to, uh, <laughs> experience some other areas of the world. Where would you um, go? Like what, what's your, what's your number one place? Uh, in U S or somewhere else. Let's like start with the U S and then I'm very curious about where else in the U S I would love to live in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, oh. I think it's absolutely gorgeous up there. Um, like Seattle I, or Oregon? Yeah. Seattle, okay. Portland, that area. Um, I'm not a big fan of sunshine. <laughs> oh, really? So crazy. I know people right. are like, wait, what? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And you'd think with an Italian name that I would like the sun. I'm actually mostly Irish. Um, so uh, well, I'm, I'm definitely sense. in for that, you know, overcast light rain. Um, so Pacific Northwest, possibly California. I love the California coast. Spent a lot of time out there, uh, going out to BlizzCon every year. So really, yeah. uh, really love, uh, SoCal. Um, but ultimately I would love to live in London. That would be, uh, that would be my, have you my been top. to London? I have, and I absolutely love it. I, I 
definitely plan to um, to live out the the end of end of my life in in Ireland. That's ultimate end goal. Oh, but that'd be great. I would love to live in in London. Um, love the love the food, love the people, love the culture, love the history. Me too. Uh, but also, uh, I love the 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 sports because I I only watch football. Um, and by football, but, of course, yeah. I mean you know football, traditional not football, American, American football. football. Yes, the real yeah, so world a, football. I'm Got a, it. Yeah, so I'm a diehard Tottenham. Tottenham supporter. Oh man, my my roommate uh, before I got married, uh, one of my best friends. He's the he was the the best man at my wedding. Would be up watching Tottenham play nice and early. Oh, right I would on. I would wake yeah. up on Saturday mornings <laughs> or, or whenever they would play Saturday or Sunday yeah. or whatever, and to hearing like smack on the table. What is going on? Like just hearing like the screams and and mm-hmm. he gets so passionate about it. Uh, well, so, that's basically it. what it's like to be a Tottenham supporter is yeah. screaming what's going on. That's that's pretty much what we do at all I'm a times. Washington sports fan, so I totally understand that. Yeah, okay. All right. I got you. <laughs> uh, I got you. So that, yeah, like I said, that would be that would be my my uh, my nice. biggest move I would I would love to do right now. Is, so so you know London. and the kids, would the kids and your wife, would they love to move there too, or is this very one sided? Oh, my kids would love it. Uh, my wife, not so much. No, she's uh, she's definitely one to stick more toward or more around family, and and uh, you know she well, she's more than happy to to live in the county we grew up in, and, and yeah, not so much ever move. Well, it's very interesting because you and I were talking before the show started. And something I didn't know is that your wife has a very different upbringing from you. Uh, why don't you talk about how you guys met? Uh, because I think this is very pertinent to the conversation that we're having. Yeah, so um, I grew up and um, I, I I grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic school my whole life, um, and then we started attending a, a non-denominational church. And my best friend, who was the pastor's son, PK, <laughs> throwback to your Christianity roundtable, yeah, uh, he was definitely a PK. Matt, love the guy, absolutely love him. Um, his little sister brought. Uh, this friend of hers to uh, to youth group one Sunday, and uh, I came in the gym. I was a little bit late, and I see everybody lined up. And uh, I said to somebody, "How you know? How are we lined up?" They said, "By birthday." So I start scanning the room to see, like you know, <clears throat> whose birthday you know who 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 I knew um, you know knew their birthday, so I can get in line without disrupting. And it was a big church. It was a, a really really even at that point because this was like early. Um, the church got a lot bigger even after that, but. Uh, there was probably every bit of a hundred or more kids at this uh, youth group of um, mm. every Sunday, and so I'm looking around and uh, my eyes fall on on this girl and I go oh, and uh, I go up to the guy standing next to her. I said, uh, "What's your birthday?" He said something. I said, "Close enough. Move over," so I could uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I could, so I could stand next to her. Yeah, and um, we ended up. That was about like February of 1997, and uh, coming up was her freshman prom or freshman formal and my buddies and I, we loved going to proms like i just i i actually went to 27 proms during high school um absolutely loved going to proms it was just like i only ended up going to a prom with somebody i was dating one other time other than with my my wife hmm. um which was a girl you know earlier uh, uh i i was a junior she was a, a freshman when we met um so it was just all girls that i was just friends with and uh so my buddy matt um, is trying to get us all dates. And he had his little sister uh, ask 
that my now wife, if uh, if she would take me to to the prom, and our first date was her her uh, freshman formal, and um, they grew up. So they were in an area um, not far from where I grew up. I grew up, you know, again just outside of Philadelphia. Uh, anybody familiar with the area would know Lansdale. It's pretty um, pretty central uh, town, just outside in the in the suburbs. Um, big train station, you know, big exit off the the main turnpike there. She grew up near there in a town called Harleysville, but it was a lot more farmland. And uh, she grew up Mennonite, and uh, her family grew up Mennonite. And this church, this non-denominational church, it was kind of this crazy mix of Catholic and, and Mennonite, believe it or not. And um, you know, so right off the bat, you know, very different in terms of our our upbringing, even though you know both Christian, but very different outlooks mm-hmm. um, and behaviorally, like. You know, I, I remember the first time I went with her to uh, her family's house for Christmas. That that Christmas, that year we started dating, everybody was very calm and sitting around the table nicely and talking about the weather. And uh, I, I was looking around like, man, why is everybody like so just, you know, laid back? Like, not just laid like. Uh, you know, as a teenager, I'm thinking in a more negative way, like what's wrong with these people, <laughs> you know? And then I took her to my family's um, Christmas, which uh, was completely different. Very <laughs> like, loud. Be more different. Yeah. You know, um, my uncle opens the door and gives me a big hug and a kiss and then pushes me out of the way, puts her in a big hug and gives her a kiss. I'm pretty sure it was the first time any man had ever kissed her in her oh, life God. that wasn't related to her. Oh, God. And yeah, he then takes her into the house and starts introducing her to... Uh, all of my, uh, all of my, my family, most of my male cousins who every one of them was more good looking than me. So I, I was like, Hmm, maybe I should go get her. She might, <laughs> you know, <laughs> she might just decide to, you know, jump ship and, and start dating one of my cousins. Cause they really are. Every one of them is better looking. I mean, like uh, what was, than, what was her reaction to that? Like, was that complete culture? Oh, shock? deer in the headlights. Oh, oh complete geez. culture shock. Yeah. Deer in the headlights. Like just, you know, wide eyed, like, wow, what is happening? You know? And that was actually my Irish side. Um, not oh my god, that wasn't even the side. Italians. No, no, that was my Irish Catholic side. That was yeah, they were. I mean, yeah. they're they're rowdy enough. I'm married to an Italian too, so I get it. Uh, but. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that was my Irish side, and they were yeah, it was it was uh, it was pretty funny. I'm actually watching her, <laughs> watching her eyes light up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so very very different uh, upbringings uh, culturally for sure. Very interesting. Totally work. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, I mean, here you are. You guys are married. You have two kids, and and I want to fast forward a little bit, you know, to the point where you guys decided to get married, and you guys decided to have kids. You know, one of the things that we've talked about leading into this episode is that you guys had a specific plan in the works. You guys wanted to put, you know, like you guys wanted to have a family, but the timing came to be a little bit of a challenge. Why don't you talk about and walk us through the the moment you guys got married to the point where you guys had your daughter and kind of that time in your life? We got married. Uh, like I said, it was, you know, eight years, basically. We were, we were dating uh, before getting married, mainly because we were 17 and 15. Um, and, you know, we, we had plans to, you know, do a lot of traveling and you know, really just uh, get to spend, you know, more time with each other, certainly. And uh, about probably six months in to, uh, to our, our marriage, I ended up changing jobs. Uh, I was very unhappy in the job I had at the time. Um, I, I grew up in construction. I've been in construction since I was 13. And 
it ended up uh, kind of biting me in the butt in the sense that uh, I couldn't get a student loan because I was told I made too much money. Um, made $10,000 my, my senior year of high school, which is you know, a phenomenal amount of money, obviously, for a high school senior. But when every bank was turning me down for student loan, I would say simply, can you tell me a single college in the United States I can go to for $10,000? Of course, they said, well, no, and that's not what we base it on. Um, but lo and behold, I, I, I was stuck. So I ended up going to work at uh, Merck, Merck Sharp and Dome, to abuse them for their tuition reimbursement program. Um, they are also based in, in Lansdale, where uh, I grew up. And um, I hated it. I'll be honest. I absolutely hated it. Uh, it was miserable. I was unbelievably depressed. And it was getting to the point where uh, had setbacks where they, they would stop the tuition reimbursement program and then reinstate it. Or I had to switch schools at one point. I lost half my credits as a result. Um, just because they decided to change, you know, what schools they were going to pay for. And about six months into our marriage, I was like, all right, enough is enough. Like I never plan on being here long-term anyway. And so I switched jobs and the job, um, it was a company that one of my closest friends at the time worked for. And, um, yeah, no discredit to him. He did very well with them, but it, it was a, it was a sales and marketing role. And I was put into a territory that was, very much um, not supported well. And um, I, I ended up losing somewhere around $20,000 in income in the first oh six God. months of being there. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a disaster. So we were coming up on you know 12 months, um, coming up on our one-year lease on our apartment, first apartment uh, that we got um, when, when we got married and um, you know, lost basically the lion's share, if not all of our down payment money for, for, you know, buying a house. And my parents are like, well, you know, why don't you move in? They had basically an apartment in, in the basement of their house. They said, you know, move in, you guys can, you know, you don't have to pay rent and, you know, build your, build your, your deposit money back up <clears throat> and then you can uh, buy a house. And it's like, yeah, that, that sounds great. And we, we did, we moved in and all along we had planned on waiting five years to, to start having kids. Right. And even though we lost all the money, like we were still trying to, to figure out some, you know, more low cost um, travel, that kind of thing. We went on one vacation together um, at one year, a one year anniversary. We went, uh, went to Florida. Actually, my parents have a timeshare. They gave us a timeshare. It was very nice. You know, uh, spent one week in, in Western Florida and two months later, um, we're living in, again, my parents' basement, not anywhere. <laughs> you know, every, every, I'm sure every married couple out there is like, yeah. like, Ooh, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, two months later, so about 14, yeah, maybe 14, 15 months into being married. Um, my wife found out she was pregnant. It's like, Oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> so, you know, huge loss in, in, in money, back living in, with my parents in the basement. Yeah. Like it just, uh, it was just a calamity, absolute yeah. calamity. Um, and then my wife ended up getting, you know, like go, yeah. thinking about your own situation there. I mean, what, what was going through your mind when you found that news? Because for a lot of people at that moment, they're like, that's ecstatic, you know? And I'd say for, for most people, like think of myself, I was excited. I was ready to be a dad at that point. You, you weren't. <laughs> so what was, no. what was going yeah. through your mind at that point? 
I, I can best actually, you know, I don't even have to say it. I, I would tell you what my wife experienced, like her reaction and, and how I, how I saw her reaction. I came home from work and she and my little sister are sitting on our couch and they're both crying. And I look and I go, what's wrong? And I could kind of tell like it wasn't a, you know, somebody had passed away cry. Like it was a little bit different. And my sister kind of had that like smile cry thing when she looked at me. And I look at my wife. I look at Sean. I go, no. And she looks at me. She goes, yeah. And she starts crying. I'm like, oh my gosh. And that's, that's basically, <laughs> you know, that, that sums it up. Cause it was, it was like the worst timing imaginable. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, unmarried teenagers in school clearly would be worse. Um, but for us, this was about the worst it could possibly yeah. be, you know, not according to plan. Yeah. No, living in a basement in my parents' basement. And I love my parents. I don't like spending that much time with my parents. I do love them, of course, but, right. um, oh gosh. And I, I'm, I'm in this job still. I hadn't, I hadn't, uh, hadn't made another move yet. Um, so yeah, it was just a complete complete blow um in terms of the timing but there's and, i mean there's joy in there right i oh, mean you know you oh, fast you fast forward nine months you know thinking about it at that moment in your life and then nine you know nine months later what was it like actually holding your daughter for the for, first time knowing the situation that you guys were in there financially uh what, what was your perspective when you actually held her um it, it, it was amazing. It really was. It was. It was complete relief. It was complete joy. Uh, the pregnancy was awful, and my wife had a horrible, horrible first pregnancy. Oh no! Absolutely horrible. Really? Uh, it had gotten to the point she was getting so sick that her doctors basically told her, "If you don't start putting on weight, we're going to have to do it for you." Like they were basically saying, like they would put her on, you know, really? intravenous. Um, yeah, it, it, it was really getting bad. Uh, she could not keep anything down. I mean, the oh, worst. really? Yeah, and this was all three trimesters. This was not like you know. Oh my just gosh! A, the, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So it was, I mean, what'd she was, do? Basically, we we just worked through you know trying to find different things that finally you know she could keep down. And I don't even remember what it was. I think it was a particular brand of crackers, and I think fruit punch greater aid was about like it. Like oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, she could correct me, of course. I don't, I don't remember exactly, but yeah, it was, it was awful. She was just so sick, I, all the time sick. You know, if she wants and, to write into the Dad Chronicle podcast at gmail dot com and correct <laughs> it, I can, I can let everybody know. You know, it's funny. After, in ten years of podcasting, I don't know if she's really ever listened to anything I've done. Oh, really? I'll make sure she. Listens <laughs> she to listens that. to me talk every day, so she's like, "I'm not going to listen <laughs> yeah, no, to you talk I mean, when I'm not even with you." No, of course not. Yeah, but yeah. you know, you you held her, and and you were there's a sense of joy and relief. I mean, what uh, was yeah. going through your mind? Because to me, if I were to just relate being in in those shoes, I mean, we 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 didn't have to be in those shoes, certainly, but. Like my first thought is like, we'll make this work. Certainly like what were, what were your next steps? I mean, leading out of this financial crisis that you guys were in and now that you have a baby, what, what was going through your mind as far as next steps go? Next step was definitely, uh, you know, securing a better job. Um, you know, that was, I, I'm pretty sure I did. I'm pretty sure I made a move. Yeah, before she was born. Oh, I know I did. Yeah, because I actually left that. I left that job, that initial job change that I made. Oh, um, good. I left that. 
probably within a month or two of finding out she was pregnant. Um, I, I immediately uh, found another found another job, um, which itself was supposed to be temporary. But um, you know, and again, in terms of timing, this so our daughter was born December of two thousand seven. Mm. So naturally, the economic crash of the summer of two thousand eight. Uh, that had a bit of a factor in, in me not actually being able to switch jobs for another, uh, what, six years? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, there was a, I could have changed in that point, but I was kind of in a position where, you know, I was making decent money, uh, even though it was job a job I, I likewise yeah. didn't care for. But, um, yeah, I, I, and I ended up working for, it was a family company, not my family, but a family company and absolutely fell in love with the family. Um, still taught them to this day. I, yeah. I haven't worked there in seven years. I still taught them constantly. Wow. Um, but, uh, um, but yeah, that was, you know, job one was literally get a new job and then um, just, you know, bank money as fast as we could to, to uh, you know, get out of the basement. Um, wow. literally get out, not figuratively, like literally yeah. get out of the base. How long did that take? It took, um, it took about a year and a half, I guess wow. after that point. So, so, so she was living out. with, you guys were living with the grandparents with a brand new baby. Yes. How much did yes. your, how much did your parents hate slash love that? Uh, <laughs> oh, they loved it. They absolutely loved it. Like, if it was up to them, we'd still live. Really? There, oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could yeah, imagine, that's like, just... that's solid grandparent time, right? And and I I, I don't know. Yeah, I have a solid feeling like parents just want their kids to live with them forever, right? Like, But at yeah. the same time, so your your parents had no problem with the screaming baby in the middle of the night or? Uh, oh, no. No? No. Really? Oh, well, they awesome. couldn't hear it. They couldn't hear it. Oh, okay. That's they, I mean, even, like, yeah, there's no, like, because they were up. You know, there were two floors above. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, they, they, they wouldn't have heard it. Um, I, I think there was probably a couple times where you know maybe she was up like really, really ripping out, mm. you know, belting out um, that my mom may have, may have heard her, maybe offered to to come down, but now nah, for the most part, not really. She, she didn't really, she didn't really scream at night too much oh really that's great jake's no, kind of like really. that My son she was more like she got sick a lot she had really oh. bad acid reflux oh no so she would be sick during the night she really wouldn't be crying during the night so much although the first six months that that was rough she was uh reverse cycling oh. so she was up all night um and then sleeping all day which that wreaked havoc on my wife for sure mm. um i unfortunately was working i was working about 54 five hours a week at that point. Wow. So there wasn't a lot I could do to help, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, cause, and she would say like, I would, I would, I felt so bad. I'm like, you know, do you want me to stay up with her? It's like, no, you've, <laughs> you just got home an hour ago and you got to leave for work in six hours and now you I, go to bed. Yeah. Like does um, your, does your wife work or was she staying at home with the baby at that point or, or what was going on? No, no, she worked. Yeah. She oh, was wow. working. She worked, um, Actually, she was at the church where she works now. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She was working. I think so. I'm pretty sure she was there when her daughter was born. Well, like like I said, she's going to listen to this because she's going to listen to it. Vincent, mm. okay. She's going to listen to this. And right, she can right. email it at chroniclepodcast <laughs> at gmail.com for everything yes. that, that you screw up today. Every correction. Yes. Every correction. Every, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure I'll hear it. Don't, yeah, don't your, get me wrong. Your wrong. wife yeah. can let uh -uh. me know and, and we'll correct yeah. it all. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did your mom help out a lot like thinking about in- like almost like live in care. Shoot. That's just about like having an au pair. You know what I mean? 
She did. Yeah, she was. She was. She was good with it. Yeah, uh, almost like I don't want to say too much. Like <laughs> you know, they. It's just you know they 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 always wanted to eat dinner with us and yeah. you know it's like oh, like you know we'd like to have our own kind of space and yeah um yeah and and part of the problem was you know it, it was a decent apartment but it did not have a kitchen so we uh, you know we had to go up to the kitchen to make our our meals and whatnot so like we couldn't have full you know alone like we had to interact with them at some point right. which which did make it tough. Um, but no, my, my mom was definitely a big help at the time. Um, yeah, yeah solid. Yeah, really I mean, was. solid grandbaby time with, with her. And, oh yeah. Um, yeah. and I think that that's where you look at the glass half full, you know, kind of like what you're alluding to, right? Like there's so much goodness in that situation that you guys were in. I, I think that a, a lot of people would be lucky to have that sort of support. So kudos oh, to definitely. your parents. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have worked otherwise, for yeah. sure. Oh, totally. And, you know, I want to actually get your perspective on this. Uh, thinking about parents who may be listening to this show, who may be in a similar financial state to kind of what you were in several years ago, living with your folks in, in the basement, what would you say to those people listening to this show right now um, to perhaps give them some guidance, some support, some words of encouragement? What What might that be? First thing I would say, and, and this is something I'm terrible with. Uh, I, I really am. And yeah, this is one of those, you know, um, learn from what I say, not from what I do moments, but never, never hesitate to ask for help. Uh, I'm terrible at asking for help. Terrible. I just, I refuse to ask for help. Um, and it's, you know, much to my detriment, but people will, people will ultimately want to help you in, 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 you know, especially in something so huge as, as parenthood and living situations, um, you know, the worst that they can say is no. And that's, you know, I feel like people, you know, um, they just, they get so in their own headspace about asking the question and, you know, oh, it's so awkward for them and, and, you know, let them say no, if they can't help you, they'll, they'll say so. You know, it's not a it's not a situation where you're going to to strain the relationship or ruin the relationship because you ask your parents, "Hey, can we move back in?" Or it doesn't have to be your parents. It can be an aunt and uncle. I mean, let's say you have a great relationship with your aunt and uncle. Right. Reach out to them. Say, you know, hey, you know, we're really in rough shape now. We know we've made some bad choices. I made, you know, I made a horrible choice in in switching switching jobs. I mean, I, I think back to. You know, if I had stayed at that job working at Merck, um, which I hated with a passion, but I would be, I mean, just in terms of lost income alone, I, I would be probably sitting about a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars ahead of where I am now. Wow. Um, just because, you know, I lost so much money for years after leaving that job. Um, so that was my my bad decision, certainly. And um thankfully my parents said to me, Hey, why don't you move back in? Yeah. Because I'll be honest, I don't know if I would have asked, you know, and yeah, it's, it's certainly a, a pride thing. I'm sure it's also, um, you know, I come with, I, this is, this is a whole show into itself, obviously, but I come with an immense amount of baggage, you know, emotional, psychological baggage from a slew of, of medical uh, issues I've had throughout my past. And I, I'd spent 
three months in children's hospital when I was a kid. I, oh, wow. I had last rites for my, my priest twice that summer. No way. Um, oh yeah. I mean, started like at age 11, I, I had last rites twice. I mean, I was in a coma. I had three emergency operations back to back to back. I, yeah, I mean, like I said, this could be a whole podcast in and of itself. I've racked up more than $1.5 million in medical bills. I've Jeez. had seven major operations, uh, five of them emergency. Um, you know, I, I've been on death's door so many times. So I, I kind of have this awful, you know, prideful uh, sense of I'm going to do it on my own kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And don't do that. You know, I, I don't have an excuse. I have a reason. It's not an excuse. Don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, aunts, uncles, friends, friends of family, just reach out. The yeah. worst they can say is, is no, or we can't, or, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, don't, don't ever hesitate. Plus everybody loves babies. Yeah. Dude. You know? Oh my God. Yeah. Everybody loves babies. If, if, if you need somebody to, 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 uh, dog sit, like good luck. You know, there are very <laughs> few people who want to dog sit, but asking, especially here's a little life hack. Anybody who's a little bit older, yeah, if they want to babysit, oh my gosh, of course they yeah, do. Like, oh my gosh, wait a second, <laughs> I know. had kids about that. They, yeah, I want to do that again, and then yeah, you, yeah, you get yeah. them, you get them in the house. They get that little bit of nostalgia, and there's That's a lot it. of. By the way, there's a lot of tenacity, just as a common theme uh, across what you're talking about, from the financial struggles that you're talking about, some of these medical issues that I, I had no idea about, um, which I think is certainly. Uh, something that I would love to learn a little bit more about. I mean, I know that we can talk about it in a podcast of itself, but you know, j just asking the question, like, what sort of ways are you tapping back into you know th those memories as you're raising your kids? I mean, I I, I could almost imagine there's a there's a sense of like that could be my kid. You know, and I experienced that. That could be my kid. Is there any of that happening now that with your with your two kids? Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, one of the big ones for me is uh, my 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 biggest things as a child, especially the thing that really set off my um, my string of operations initially was not an injury. It it was actually it was appendicitis, and oh, wow. the surgery was completely botched. Um, found out later that the surgeon was actually drinking in the OR. Um, and no uh, way. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was, Dude, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was a terrible situation. Thankfully he did lose his license to practice, although he killed two patients on the table before that, that occurred. Jeez. Um, yeah, it was terrible. I also have had a string of, of, of injuries throughout my life. I, I've had, broken bones i've had i've had over 100 stitches in my head and face alone oh let alone the rest of my body um all kinds you, of stuff I mean, broken doing? glass metal shards like all kinds of crazy stuff so jeez for nuts yeah yeah i, I mean again part of it is the fact that you know i've been in construction since i was 13. Oh, okay fair yeah, yeah fair. um and part of it's just it just stuff always seemed to happen to me <laughs> like <laughs> I got whacked in the face with a hockey stick in gym class. Oh, had to God. get six stitches in my in my lip. Um, yeah, I, I <laughs> dude, just save <laughs> yourself the medical expenses and freaking learn how oh, to stitch gosh. yourself at that point. No, this yeah. this is actually a funny story. So I was yeah. I was probably five or six, and um, in Lansdale, again, anybody in this area knows Lansdale Dana Park is this big like community fair thing. Yeah, and there are these cannons in Memorial Park. And all the kids are playing on them. And, and I asked my parents, hey, can I go play on those? And, and 
my mom's like, no, no, you're going to get hurt. And, and my dad's like, oh, come on, Reggie. You know, he'll be fine. <laughs> 10 minutes later, we're on the way to the emergency room. Obviously fell off the can and hit my head. I you was know, about split to my say. Head open. Oh, yeah, God, yeah, dude. yeah. They're shaving the back of my head, you know, for the stitches. The next year, same thing. Lands up day in the park. Hey, can I go play in the cannons? And my mom's like, what are you nuts? Don't you remember what happened last year? Ah, uh, Reggie, come on. What's the chance of it happening again? 10 minutes later. No. I kid you not. I'm on the ground. They're picking me up. They're taking me to the emergency room. Here's the best part. They're shaving the back of my head. And the, the doctor comes in and he's looking at my chart. He goes, were you here for the same thing last year? <laughs> same doctor. <laughs> same doctor. Are, remember me? Uh, now it is a, you know, it was a smaller community hospital, yeah, but, but still, still like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, my, my poor dad, he was interviewed for child abuse so no many way. times. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, they pulled him into like, you know, pulled him into a room and, you know, uh, I mean, had police there. Cause I just, I was constantly getting hurt constantly all the time, stitches and all kinds of stuff. Um, and then my sister, like she had one, like one thing, but it was, this was actually bad. She, um, my parents taught her to like feel, you know, like we all do, you, you know, you feel the, the cup, make sure it's not hot, you know? Yeah. Um, and my dad had just poured coffee, literally just poured it, but it was in an insulated thermos and she tipped it back to, you know, to drink his, yeah, you know, she didn't, you know, she, she's like four or five, I don't know. And she poured it all down her, uh, all, all down the front of her and, and, my dad just, it, his instinct was to quick take her shirt off, you know, so the liquid wasn't still burning her, yeah. but it actually made it worse. It actually like, you know, pulled some skin with it. <gasps> no. And, oh yeah, they had him, I mean, they basically had him in interrogation for a couple hours because um, they looked back at my medical history and oh, then were sure this guy was abusing his kids. Oh yeah, it was terrible. Damn. Yeah, and he was a local business owner too. So like, I mean, it was just a whole, you know, Obviously, you know, they cleared him, of course, but yeah. Well, was, let's, let's also talk. Let's, I'm very curious about your own dad. This is something, this is a topic I always like to broach during this show is mm -hmm. that, you know, learning about your own dad, because I'm sure that you've picked up on a lot of the good things that your own dad has done raising you. Uh, sure. Tell me about your father and, and ways that he's perhaps inspired you as a dad. He, my dad is a wonderfully uh, giving person. Um, he, I mean, to a fault, he has been, he's been hurt so many ways, uh, so many times from, from being too open and too giving and, um, you know, people just take advantage of him constantly. And I have a lot in that, a lot of that in me as well. Um, you know, I consider myself to be very charitable. Like I will do anything for anybody. Um, you know, no matter what, I always go out of my way to try to try to help people. And I definitely get that from my father, without a doubt. Um, you know, our house growing up was, it, it was like a halfway house almost. Like there was always somebody living with us um, in that, you know, basement apartment, essentially. You know, always somebody who, you know, uh, my dad's cousin was lived with us off and on uh, throughout periods of his life. His wife left him. He changed careers, that kind of thing. Um, you know, my, it, it, this is something my parents are both very open about, so they wouldn't mind me saying this. My, my parents are both recovering addicts. Um, they've both been clean since 1976. They, Good they got them. married and immediately got clean together. Um, 1977, I think right after it, either way, like within six months of getting married. Um, and my dad's always been very big in both NA and AA and, um, 
you know, he was always helping people out who you know, say were, were addicts or, you know, he would actually go into to prisons. He did a lot of like prison ministry with, uh, with, with church, with NA, with AA. So, um, you know, that's always something that, that I, I, I glam, glommed onto certainly, you know, I, I, I've always tried to, to do my best to help ever, to help anybody I can, mm-hmm. um, personally and, and professionally. And, uh, I attribute that directly to, to my father for sure. What a beautiful um, soul, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He really is. Uh, I mean, he can drive me crazy, of course. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, that's, but <laughs> uh, he's a parent, right? Um, yeah. 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 I mean, his he he grew up very poor. Uh, very, very, very poor. Um, when when my grand my grandfather uh, came to this country, um, I'm second generation on uh, on that side. Okay. Um, when my grandfather came to this country, um. In this area, there were very few areas that you could live as an Italian. Um, mm-hmm. There really weren't many. Basically, you had South Philly, which obviously everybody knows from you know Rocky and any 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 given Italian movie in this area. Yeah. You had South Philly. You had a town called Ambler. Um, you had a section of a town called Narstown, and you had one street in Lansdale, uh, Fish Street in Lansdale, was basically the only places you could buy a home as an Italian in this area up like through you know early part of, uh, of the 20th century. And, um, you know, when he was growing up because of that, it was he and, um, my grandparents living with his, so his grandparents, you know, my great grandparents and, um, what would be my great uncle and his family. So there's three families basically living in a three bedroom house. Um, and that wasn't his whole life. That was, you know, when he was really young, but, Still, they had like next to nothing. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of that, you know, that charitable nat- nature of his comes from the fact that he grew up just dirt poor. Um, you know, literally they would eat government surplus cheese. You know, that was a thing in, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. back in like the 50s. Yep. Um, government surplus cheese was real big back then. And that's like what he ate most meals was, you know, had something to do with this government surplus cheese. Also doesn't help that my grandmother was a horrible cook. Absolutely terrible <laughs> cook. I mean, through a whole like she never could cook. She did really? make a good oh, she was awful. She did make a good pineapple upside down cake, though. I will give her that. But yeah, she was an awful these, cook. And so these are um, Italians that can't cook? Is that such a thing? She was actually German. Oh, that explains it. Yeah. Just yeah. So my dad's half listeners. and half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, well, actually, she was Mennonite. She was German Mennonite. No way, man. She, all yeah. all full, you know, full circle. In a lot of ways, including culinarily, if that's going to be the <laughs> word, uh, your father struggled. And I think that there were there's a lot of tenacity back then, too, from... from oh, sure. Your yeah. your father and you and and everything kind of building up to this point, right? Like and and now looking at where you're at today, I want to fast forward about eight years from when your daughter was born. It's about mm-hmm. eight years difference, right, between her and your son. It is, yes. So, so that's quite a difference, by the way. That's quite a jump. It Talk is. to me about that. Well, it was it was so difficult. I mean, the, the first years of our daughter's lives were so difficult for us in. Again, living in the basement. And then finally, when we do move out, you know, we bought the house we're living in now in uh, the spring of 2009. So coming off the biggest economic crash in the summer of 2008 that the nation had seen almost since the Great Depression and the housing market was absolutely destroyed. I mean, it's awful. And then we buy buy this house because we just had to get it. You know, we had to get 
out of my parents' basement, obviously. Um, and then I'm in another job, which I didn't really like what I was doing. I loved who I worked with. I didn't like what I was doing. It was a sales job. Uh, it was, I, it, yeah, it was, I was a used car salesman. I mean, literally, that's what it was. It was a car lot. Um, oh, wow. And, you know, and no disrespect. I just, I am a good salesman, but mainly because I enjoy talking to people. Obviously, that's why I'm a podcaster. Um, but I don't enjoy sales. Dude, me too. Um, I, I, I spent yeah. about 10 years in sales and it's just not my forte. Well, no, yeah. I, I, I shouldn't say that because I, I agree with you. Like really good at it, but not my passion. You know what I mean? No, I had zero passion for yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Zero. Zero. Yeah. And um, so it took a while to kind of jump, quote unquote, you know, air quotes, jump back on the horse of, of you know, having another child. And my wife definitely wanted a second. And I was, I'll be honest, perfectly happy with just the one. Oh, yeah. Um, and I had a daughter, you know, daddy's little girl. Yep. And she was daddy's little girl. I mean, to the T, like in every cliche, you know, rom-com style, daddy's little girl movie way, that was my daughter. Oh. And it was amazing. And I loved it. I still love it. Um, even though obviously now that she's 13, that dynamic has changed. Yeah. But I was happy having just the one. Why, uh, my you, wife was not. She that, comes from a big way, family. Yeah. Like, why do you think that that was? Because I know that for me has been so rewarding with Aria. Like, why do you think it's so rewarding uh, for you and your and your daughter, that relationship? I don't know. You know, it, it's, it's hard to articulate it. It's just I such. Agree. It, it's, it's so hard to articulate that, you know, just... The, the best way I can I can describe it, it, it is just an example of something that would happen of every night when I could actually get home in time for her to still be awake, which which wasn't every night. I, I worked I worked until eight o'clock and it was almost an hour away. So most nights she was should have been going to sleep before I got home, though she thought of vehemently. Um, but when I would come home, the second the door would open, she would hear it and she would just scream daddy's home and run to the stairs and just come down and jump into my arms and it just there's there's that feeling is just yeah. i mean something you, you i can't even describe it. i, I mean i had even, a daughter but, for 13 years and i can't articulate yeah that, how that feels that it, by the way that is my reason that exact thing is is my reason i don't I, yeah it's hard to put into words what that actually is but it's a reason like yeah. I don't know, man. There's yeah. something there's something special there when you have a daughter and you're a dad. It's something I mean, but but it is. then it's having special. A, yeah. but then having a boy, I mean, like cuz I'm in a similar boat. Like we just had Jacob 6 months almost 6 months ago. So thinking about that shift, like w was it a difference for you holding your son for the first time? You know, that's a good question. Um it did feel different, but not in a not in a bad way by any stretch. But there was definitely a difference in 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 the first being a girl, and I, I wouldn't trade that for anything. I love the fact that she, you know, that we had her first. Um, but there is definitely a difference. There's a different feel to it. It 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 became it became more apparent to me as he got older, though, because as he got older and as she was aging as well. There was de there's and and it's it's very very different now, of course. Again, with her being thirteen, 
as that shift was happening where, you know, she was always, always a daddy's little girl, daddy's little girl, daddy's little girl. And then as she got to be more like 10, 11, she, she started, you know, clicking more with, with my wife in certain areas. Um, you know, they would do more things together, uh, like clothes shopping and like, you know, picking out outfits for school. And, and, um, I don't want to, I don't want to, 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 to sound like demeaning that I'm just putting it on fashion. It's just something that, you know, they really didn't do much together before that. Um, they started watching shows together and, and, you know, doing things like that, that my daughter and I would do. Like, you know, I took her to every Star Wars movie uh, launch because uh, they always happen to come. It, her birthday is December 20th. So I would take her uh, oh, for cool. her birthday. So we saw, you know, seven, eight, nine together, uh, Rogue One, Solo. Um, you know, that was a big thing for us. And then, you know, as she was getting a little bit older, she would start kind of her entertainment time gravitated more to things that she was doing with my wife. And it didn't, harm our relationship in any way but the relationship did started shifting where she was spending more time more you know free time more play time more just hangout time gravitating to what my wife was doing than she was with me which you know had been totally the opposite throughout her growing up but it kind of was cool like it <laughs> it kept me from maybe getting you know depressed over so to speak by having my son who you know, a two, like, you know, a two-year-old, you know, they're, they're amazing. I mean, boy or girl doesn't really make much of a difference, but it's really that, that three when they start developing themselves, you know, their, their own little personality. Yeah. He was like my little buddy, like yeah. right off the bat. Like, I mean, from minute one as he was developing that personality. Um, and now he and I, like, I mean, he says all the time, he says, uh, you know, I'm his best bud in the world. You know, it's he's best. my best friend. He's going to be my best friend forever. I tell him the same. Like, I mean, it just, it, it, it's, it's definitely a different relationship. And dude, I'm so stoked for you. Like, it's just, it is cool. It having, is. I, dude, I'm already feeling it. Like when, oh my God, when it's I so walk cool. into the room and Jake sees me and a big old smile on his face oh, and yeah. then we're like, oh, oh hey yeah. dude. And he gets all excited. And uh, it just gets better. It oh, does. It just so, gets I'm better. So and that. The age difference is so hard. It really is. It is so difficult, but it's also kind of cool that my wife and I got to almost switch off mm. at the exact same time. So daddy's little girl turned into, you know, mommy's, you know, right-hand man kind of deal. Like she, yeah. you know, those two are now, um, you know, they, they are closer than they've ever been. And not that my daughter and I are distant, um, but it definitely... The relationship definitely shifts in those, you know, uh, pre-teenage years. Um, Twelve, really, it 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 really shifted, um, and that would have been really tough yeah. if if I didn't have another child, um, you know, to kind of have that relationship uh, with again. Um, but having my son, like, I mean, he just, you know, we to a fault, <laughs> we have like a lot of fun together, but. Um, it, it's almost like, uh, he doesn't know when to like, kind of let me do my own thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I remember like, you were talking about like, like when, during the show, uh, during ANTP, you know, you, you were having a, a lot of struggles with time management and other things because you have a oh lot going gosh, on, yeah. which we'll, we'll talk about your, your work here in just a second. But yeah. you know, like part of the night routine and similar for me is like, you put the boy to bed. 
And when that wasn't happening, that was causing an issue. So how do yeah. you, um, first of all, it's a great relationship, by the way, when, when your boy like relies on you to, to be there for him and, to, and to do some of that with him and that, and that's something that parents should frankly cherish while they still can. But, but how do Not you sure. balance that? Right. That's tough. Um, it was a little, so given what, what I do and, and, and the way my, my work dynamic is, it was actually easier for me, uh, pre COVID because one of the things I would do is I would actually give myself some buffer time between appointments and I would try to get, and it's something, it's something I actually, I really love. I would like give myself like an hour or two between appointments to pop into a cafe wherever I might be and get work done so that I would have more time to dedicate to him when I got home. Because I know like as soon as I walk in the door, like that's it. It, it is his attention or nothing else is, is getting done, um, which is great. Like as soon as I walk in the door, like he is desperate for my attention, wants to tell me everything he did in his day. And, and then, you know, I get a, you know, he tells me everything like in this big, long run on sentence that usually lasts about 10 minutes. I, I boil myself and, then, you know, get dressed. And, and then we, you know, we, we just end up playing and hanging out for the rest of the night. But the problem is now, you know, during COVID, I can't do that. I don't have, I, I can't go into a cafe to, to get work done during the day. Yeah. So basically I'm, I'm coming home and, same thing. Like the routine is I, I, I immediately, you know, with him or, uh, I'm cooking. I, I, my wife and I do about 50, 50 in terms of cooking. I love cooking. I absolutely love cooking. It's one yeah, of my too. biggest passions in life. So I love cooking. Um, but he's like on me the whole time I'm cooking too, which doesn't make wow. it easy. Um, but you know, dinner and then, uh, try to help my daughter with her homework. Cause she does still need homework help sometimes, but I put him to bed and then, I either finish, basically, I end up usually helping my daughter finish her homework. And then at roughly 9 30, 10 o'clock, I come down to the basement and then I start working again, usually for upwards of two to three hours, um, which is tough. But yeah. I need that time to get done my reports and whatnot uh, from during the day. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. And, and I'm, I'm actually very curious to talk about your work because, mm -hmm. and, and this is something that we talked a little bit about in your exit interview from ANTP was this, uh, the, the way that you're approaching entrepreneurship along with parenting during COVID. This is something that's so challenging. And this is something that, you know, like I'm dealing with personally from just, you know, work, work, and then also doing this stuff at night and then also being a dad and a husband and all the other things going on in life. Um, talk us through your entrepreneurial journey at this point, And then, you know, kind of going back to what you were just talking about, like how you're balancing it. Um, yeah, not balancing it well. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so again, started working in construction when I was thirteen because my father owned a construction company. He um, he actually owned one of the five hundred largest remodeling companies in the country, and you know I started swinging a hammer right at thirteen, and uh, even when I I left that to go uh, into pharmaceuticals mainly to abuse them for the tuition reimbursement program. I was still doing it. I was still doing construction on the side. I mean, it's it is it's been a part of me my whole life. Um, 
And my father also has been a uh, home inspector since the 80s. And in 2015, so I, um, 2014, I, I left the dealership and I took a job working uh, in the construction field, actually in sales. I was working for um, the biggest um, building materials company, distribution company uh, on the planet. It's a company called Sangoban, a uh, French company, but one of their North American wings. And uh, it was a good job, but again, it was in sales and uh, it, it wasn't a great fit. I, I wasn't loving it. And I was there about a year. I, I was actually asked by somebody in another area of construction to come work for them. They had started taking on more clients. They thought they needed an, an, a, another sales rep. And uh, I was there about three months. And uh, the, this company, actually, they, it was a very small company. It was actually, it was a woman. Her son actually was one of the installers. And then she was the only one doing sales. And then she took on two sales reps at the same time, realized she didn't have near enough work for, for all three of us. And I got laid off. First time in my life, uh, I was laid off. Oh, and shit. this was three months before our son was born. Oh Four months God, before our son dude. was born. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, mom, like, freaking out. Um, so, another <laughs> financial yeah, setback right before yeah. another child coming. Yeah, and, like, of course, tenacity. I'm like, yeah. oh, the bells are going off. And, like, <sighs> I'm, I'm freaking out. Yeah. And I'm doing anything. I started taking on all these small, you know, small jobs, side gigs, anything I could find. Just making calls, just trying to figure out what I can do. And, um, I said to my dad, like, you know, cause the way to going into home inspections, the way home inspections work, you have to apprentice as a home inspector. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to do at least 250, depending on your certification, 250 before you can even take the test. And so I said, cause he was actually getting ready to retire. I was like, what if you just kind of take me on as an apprentice and then, you know, would you be okay with that? And then, you know, then you can retire and I'll keep going. Um, and he said, yeah, you know, that's fine. And we started working together. Um, and uh, so I did, you know, did the apprenticeship and I actually worked with him for about another year, year and a half after that. Um, started building up my own client base and then started my own company. And that was, I started about four years ago. I started doing it full on my own uh, about three years ago. Um, how old was your son when you actually took that leap to like make your own company? He, he was, he was one when I, when okay. I opened up the LLC, he was two. Yeah. He was two when I jumped into a full time. Wow. Um, which at the time it was, a you know, it was a little easier because again, he was two. So it wasn't that, you know, attention, <laughs> dad, come on, let's play, let's, let's do this, let's do that. You know, it wasn't he didn't care who was playing with him at that point. Um, uh, so, so things were just, it was definitely an easier point than, um, when I, when I made that jump and, uh, yeah, it got, it got harder, certainly very quick because of that dynamic changing and that relationship changing. And I, I you know, I did not begrudge him in any way. It is tough. I mean, yeah. it, it can be very frustrating when I just, I know I've got hours and hours of reports to write. Um, especially after some days where, you know, I, what was it last Friday? Yeah. Friday was a 15 hour day on the road before I even Jeez. got home to then do my, do my reports. 
Um, thankfully, he was asleep before I got home that day. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's been tough with with him, you know, um, and and with helping my daughter with things too, you know, as she's gotten older. With obviously, homework has become a much longer, uh, much longer process, and um, sports. She's in dance. She is in lacrosse. Um, so that's gotten more difficult. Um, and then COVID hit and, and that really, really made it tough because, you know, again, that, that buffer that I used to give myself. So I would, I would schedule like an early morning inspection and then give myself a couple hours to try to jump into a cafe and, and get the report done from that inspection. So I didn't have to worry about it when I got home before my next inspection. So then at least I just had the one or maybe two, sometimes I do three in a day, depending on the day. Um, but that would give me at least something. And, and also it was great for emails and phone calls and, you know, all that, um, you know, bit, you know, office time, so to speak. And it's something I did enjoy. It's, it's honestly, it's probably the thing I miss most about pre-COVID is that time of just me sitting in a cafe. It's like my quote unquote selfish time. Like it's just, yeah. you know, I'm by myself, but you know, listening to music, you know, it's kind of a social environment, except it's not. I'm not talking to anybody, but I'm yeah, getting I mean, worked on. You're around other human beings other than your kids and your wife, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And it just, that's the thing I miss the most. It's the crazy thing. I miss working the most. Like, it's the yeah. weirdest thing. Like, I miss working, but just working in a different environment the most. Thinking about your situation right now, like, mm-hmm. if, if somebody is listening to this and they're like, oh my God, this is me, because this is kind of me, Vincent, uh, <laughs> with having. Uh, plenty on your plate from a work entrepreneurship perspective and then having kids that really need your, your attention and your love and and support and and deserve that and should be prioritized in that sense. Do you have any sense of, of how you balance that or is it just lean into it? It, It's lean into it. But at the same time, I, I know that I know that I'm not doing it right. I know for a fact I'm not doing it right because everything I'm doing is to my own detriment. You know, I know that I'm neglecting myself. Um, And and we can't, you know, as a parent, you can't do that. You have to make time for yourself, dude. You you have have to to make time for yourself. You have to. And I don't. And, and it's, it's, it, it, me specifically, it comes back to that that same thing that I've struggled with my whole life of, you know, vicious independence, even when I shouldn't be thinking that, um, taking things too much onto myself and internalizing things. That's something that, Mm. that's something I do constantly because of the medical calamities that I've experienced. I don't like talking to people about my problems. I don't like seeking advice or help. And and I have no reason or right to be that yeah. way because I have had people that literally have saved my life. I mean, I, my life has been saved so many times, um, in so many different ways, you know, physically and, and spiritually, certainly that I don't have that right to even feel that way, but I still keep doing it. And it is to the detriment, not only of myself, but also my family. Yeah. You know, my stress is, very palpable to my family. You know, they feel it. They know it's there. Um, and, and I, I, I do have, uh, times where, you know, uh, I, I was, I'm, I'm very temperamental. I, um, I, uh, not physically nothing along those lines, but I just, I get 
I get more annoyed than I should. I get more angry yeah. than I should at certain I do things. Too. I feel you. And um, and it all comes down to to my stress and to this. You know, I I have suffered with anxiety and depression because of what I went through um, when I was eleven. Which I'm actually I'm coming up on thirty years this June. It'll be thirty years from that first operation wow. that went then went south. And, and I can say, and I say it, I say it with a smile on my face and I say it, you know, half joking, but I am very serious. I have been sick to my stomach 24 hours a day, seven days a week for 30 years. I have not had a good night's sleep in 30 years because I immediately developed like soul wrenching insomnia from this. I, I literally have not had a actual restful rejuvenative rejuvenative is that a word yeah we'll make it a word rejuvenating yeah night sleep since may of 1991 and you know that is physically and emotionally and psychologically taxing and unfortunately i can take it out on my family because they're the ones that sadly we you know we tend to to uh to take things out on the hurt those you you love the most Sometimes, exactly. right? And yeah. I think that, by the way, you're you're not alone in this. I I experience a lot of the same things in different ways, and you you'll see that you know this has just been my experience talking to, I mean, you know, over a hundred dads on this show now. At this point, there have been um, there there are so many situations where men feel like they need to take on the world alone, and they don't necessarily feel like they need the help, but. One of, one of the right. biggest things that I had to learn, and this is something that you talked about earlier, it's like, don't be afraid to ask for help. And that is so hard for so many men to do. And you're a great example of somebody who really is trying to do that. And and I and I give you kudos for that. And and I want to acknowledge your, uh, your tenacity here because I think that there's so much for people to learn and to, and to take away from what you've been through, from the childhood trauma of what you were talking about to the point where you were dealing with the financial struggles and the issues uh, <laughs> before and during both kids' uh, births and and where you are now and and to see kind of how far you've come through this conversation. It's it's fantastic, Vincent. And I would take that as kind of a, a, a reprieve and in, in certainly some of the struggles that you ha- continue to face today. Um, but, you know, don't uh, where I, I, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. And I'm telling you this because we're talking about it. It's like, <laughs> you know, think, think about what's good for you uh, there. Cause that's, that's really, really hard for a lot of men to do. So yeah, yeah, it really is. And, it is. and you have to, you have to give yourself time, give yourself, you know, you do something for yourself. Find and, a different way, I, dude. Like instead of going to a, yeah. a, a cafe or whatever, like freaking take a walk or something, you know, you should get, Get yourself one of those desks on a uh, on some wheels. Plop your yeah. laptop on that thing. <laughs> walk it around the neighborhood. You're gonna look like a yeah. maniac, but you know you're gonna get so many proposals done and respond to so many emails and not be, be cool. tied uh, by you know. Man, we you know that this is a great. Nobody take this idea. This is going to be trademarking <laughs> it right now. The mobile dad it. desk or something. Yeah, a mobile dad desk. Yeah, yeah. that's good. I like that. As seen on TV. That's yeah, seen on the Dad Chronicle. <laughs> um, you know, Vince, I, I always like to to end the show with some words of wisdom. I, I mean, you've like like you know we've talked about your journey up to this point. Thinking about anybody else that might be in your 
situation or, or, you know, who have faced or are currently facing some of the things that you've faced as far as challenges go. You've already given some words of wisdom earlier, but I mean, what, what would you leave the audience with as far as perhaps some inspiration for them? Don't be afraid to make a career shift. Never be afraid to make a career shift. Um, you know, I'm not saying just, you know, quit your job with no plan, but never be afraid to make a career shift. Never be afraid to start your own business. There are so many different ways to start your own business. And I will say that um, even with how difficult it can be with having young children, um, starting my own company was the best decision I ever made in terms of, of my career. Uh, I will never, never go back to working for somebody else. I, yeah. I really, I, 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 there's almost no chance I will ever go to, to work for somebody else um, without having some level of independence in that. And you can make it work. You absolutely can make it work. It is tough. Make sure to have the conversation with, uh, with, with your partner. Don't leave them, you know, out of the conversation. Um, my wife and I have done, done a lot to try to balance our work schedules uh, around each other. And, you know, don't, don't hesitate to ask for help. Don't hesitate to ask for help financially with jobs, you know, reach out to people, say, Hey, you know, I'm looking to make a shift. I don't like what I'm doing. It looks like you enjoy what you do. Is there an opportunity for me there? Or yeah. uh, do you have any ideas for me? You know, don't, don't be afraid to ask that. And again, like you said, as guys, as men, it's, that's tough. You know, we so hate hard. asking for help. We hate it, but don't hesitate. Um, yeah. and don't struggle, uh, in the dark. You know, I, I, I am a poster child for, for do as I say, not as I do get help. You know, yeah. I should have been seeing a, a therapist for the last 30 years. I never have. And that is much to my detriment. And I know for a fact, I go every day, like I know I need to see a therapist and I still have not. Um, I just internalize and I destroy myself over it. And I know I've taken decades off my life, not years, decades um, because of it. Uh, so don't do that. You know, mm -hmm. don't be afraid to, to seek help. There's so many different ways. You know, betterhelp.com is, is you know, easiest thing you could possibly do to jump into. And this is not sponsored by them, obviously, just, right. you know. Yeah. Um, I, I And don't be afraid to admit the issues you're having. Um, you know, I said I've struggled with depression and anxiety. I don't want to say that I've, I've, I'm, I've been suicidal, but I have felt throughout the last 30 years that I'd rather be, I'd rather be dead than alive. I've kind of always felt that. And I've always had it in the back of my head that, you know, I'm not going to be alive much longer. And that is something I've always struggled with as well. But I didn't have to. I didn't have to go at that alone and and live for the last 30 years in that black cloud. And and don't do it either. You know, I've had five people close to me who have committed suicide and it's it, it's it's terrible. You know, I understand it. You know, I've been in that mental space, but you don't have to feel that way. Right. Don't ever feel like there's not somebody out there that can help you or that won't help you or doesn't want to help you. Um, it could be a stranger. It doesn't have to be somebody you know. Sometimes it's easier to ask for help from a stranger. Yeah. You know, heck, just drive past a local church and look at the phone number and, and call. I guarantee you there'll be somebody there that, that will be willing to talk to you. You don't have to go there. You don't even have to be a person of faith. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, 
It, you know, church, synagogue, mosque, it doesn't matter. Somebody is going to be willing to talk to you. And sometimes all it takes is, is talking to somebody. Yep. Um, but don't be afraid to follow your dreams. Don't be afraid to go for something. And uh, don't be afraid to tell your, tell your kids, you know, I'm sorry, buddy, I got to get some work done. You got to go play by yourself. Yeah. And that's something I struggle with every day, but sometimes you got to do it. It's tough. It's tough, especially when they're freaking sitting there like, oh, please. And you're like, yeah. Oh. Like, come on, dad. Can we, can we, can we play, uh, can we play Lego Marvel Avengers? It gives like, you such an appreciation for what our parents yeah, did and what they, oh, and gosh, what they yeah. went through. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. Well, Vincent, this has been such a great conversation, and I want to give folks an opportunity to follow you and some of the projects that you have going on. If they've listened to the exit interviews from ANTP, then they've got your contact information. But just in case they don't, uh, why don't you share that? Uh, easiest thing at the moment right now is uh, follow me on Twitter, at Vincent Minucci, just my first name, last name. Uh, projects, I, <laughs> I, I actually, you know, we we literally just had the reunion show for AMTP last yeah. night, and we were talking about how you know a lot of us haven't jumped into other projects yet. And I said, "Yeah, I'm still you know having PTSD from getting voted off," mm-hmm. and I kind of am. <laughs> so uh, I haven't I haven't jumped back on the podcasting uh, saddle quite yet. But I've got so many different things that I want to get done. It's all about time, <laughs> which I, I don't you, have brother. any of, but. I'm trying. I am so trying. But um, hey, take, hopefully take my next project that I'm going to spin back up is going to be Lyrics Undercover. Nice. So lyricsundercover.com. There's a huge back catalog there. Uh, if you know AMTP, then you know Brian Ibbett of Coverville, a Hall of Fame podcaster, amazing guy, truly amazing guy. Yeah. I produce Lyrics Undercover for him. It's a spinoff show to Coverville. It's all about, um, you know, if you ever watch VH1 behind the music, it's like that for one single show one single song and um yeah i think i I did like 180 some odd episodes for him i believe so you can go to lyricsundercover.com to check out the back catalog and that should be spinning up shortly and uh, i've got a couple other things uh that i'm i'm trying to trying to spin into uh into existence uh audi if you listen to the christianity roundtable a couple weeks back he and I are, are actually having a jam session this Tuesday to try to figure out something we're going to be doing together. Oh, we wanna, sweet. Yeah, we're pretty stoked to start working together. Nice. Very good. Very good. Yeah, go follow Vincent and everything that he's doing. Good dude. And thanks for sharing your story, Vincent. Again, our guest today has been Vincent Minucci. Thanks for being on the show, my man. Thank you, Alex. It was an absolute pleasure. Really appreciate it. What a great conversation with a very awesome dude. Vincent, thank you so much for sharing so much background on my god like the amount of tenacity that this guy has endured it's it's really really impressive so vincent you're a hell of a dad you have a heck of a story thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us and if anybody would like to comment on anything that we discussed you can email the dad chronicle podcast at gmail.com if you'd like to support what we're doing here, head over to supportadad.com. There you can become a patron and select the right reward type that works for you. Even $1 a month goes a long way towards the operational costs for this show. So thanks again to everybody who has been supporting me over the past several years. Again, that website is supportadad.com. Thanks again. And remember, be good to yourself. Be good to others. We'll see you next time. If you like this show, check out more great content at incastmedianetwork.com.